Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. I always step out of line. I just feel like it's the way that I've um, always been, but I wasn't born with a disability. You know, when I sustained my spinal cord injury in 2002, I was living what I thought would be my best life. I was working in the fashion industry and I had just gotten promoted. And then I dove into a pool and my chin at the bottom of the pool and I became paralyzed in the blink of an eye. I was drowning and my arms were to my side and I could see the little bubbles floating up from my mouth. And even in that instance, I didn't think I'm drowning and I'm paralyzed underwater alone. Instead, I heard my mom's voice saying, do you realize how much therapy you're going to have to do to get better? So I guess even in that first instance, you're defying uh, like that common reason of, but you're, you're, you can't move and you're in the water and you, how can you think like that? And sometimes stepping out of line means believing in yourself despite the circumstances. And when the doctors told me that I had less than a 19% chance of surviving not only that night, but the next two years of my life, and that I'd never be able to read on my own or speak or move my arms, um, that I wouldn't survive those two years, I don't know. There was something that that made me think he has to be wrong. I think the thing that makes me step out of line the most is the fact that my family has never treated me as anything less than or different or I'm treated exactly the same as I was before. And that is something that I've come to appreciate more now because it's the 20th anniversary of um, my spinal cord injury, but you do notice the differences in how you are treated when you are able-bodied as opposed to when you are not able-bodied. My perspective has shown me that in a very different way um, than if I were born with a spinal cord injury, it, it would have been different. And so one of the things that it made me realize was these kind of subtle microaggressions that um, you start to notice when you're, um, you know, when I would go in New York City in a wheelchair and the way that people would speak to me, sometimes people would almost like speak to me as if I were deaf, just kind of without as much um, respect as, as I had gotten before in exactly the same place and exactly the same circumstance. And so my perspective has shown me that stepping out of line means empowering yourself to push beyond and not waste that 
time of wondering, you know, this is that one thing that I always wanted to do and having that kind of feeling of there's just that little bit of a speed bump to get it done. I came to realize that stepping out of line actually for me meant um, being my true honest self without filtering what I thought other people should be seeing, overly polished um, way of speaking or behaving or being so perfect. Stepping out of line for me actually meant being 100% um, honest about who I am with other people. When Perry was born, I think at the age of six months, I went to a neurologist who also said, don't do any therapy. She's not going to survive. It's not going to be worth your time and effort. Just go home. And I remember leaving there thinking, this is not possible. How can this be? And we had other physicians who said, you maximize your potential. I agree. And, and why, why bother being a doctor if that's the way that you look at life? Why bother um, change, you know, become a, I don't know, do something else. Luckily, my father is a medical doctor, and so I didn't um, glorify the profession. Um, and I didn't listen to 100% of the words that were being said to me. But the, the surgeon didn't realize that my father is a doctor as well. So when he said that also to my parents, my dad looked at him and said, I'm also a medical doctor, and I can't believe you speak like this. It's one of those things that you start to learn that you have a lot of power in your voice, and you shouldn't give it away to people. You shouldn't give away your power in your own voice to anybody. And one of the things um, that I think all of us see that with is when somebody is very loud and boisterous, it almost makes you kind of shy away, but you're suddenly giving them power. And, and that doesn't mean that you have to be negative or mean or anything, but being kind of present and assertive and knowing your worth and knowing the value of your voice, that's why we're here. You know, we're human beings. We, by nature, we want to connect with other human beings, which means communicating. And it means um, kind of growing your sense of community with other people. And um, that ultimately means communicating in the right way and understanding um, the appropriate ways of understanding the power of your voice. You know, going into skincare with Clark's Botanicals was never a business idea. I never had an, uh, you know, aspirations of owning a brand. But the three years after my uh, injury, I went into a very deep and dark depression where I felt like I had suddenly become a sense of worry uh, and stress and anxiety for my parents, my closest family members. And so I thought, well, what do I need to do to make that go away? What do I need to do to make that better? All I did was I severed axons in my spine. So I'll do 10 hours of physical therapy every day, um, seven days a week. And if my friends want to come visit me, no, I'm too busy. Um, I wasn't too busy. I, what I did was I couldn't look at myself because all I would notice um, 
was the wheelchair and not me um, sitting in it. And I would shave my head bald every week. I would wear the same t-shirt every day, same pants, paper hospital pants every day. And when Christopher Reeve passed away, I realized that Superman, who had been the biggest advocate for other people with spinal cord injuries now was gone. And when that happened, a very subtle shift started to happen in my way of thinking where I needed to take responsibility for what happened in my own life. And he had accomplished so much in his life that it made me think, but I'm alive. What am I going to do with my life? I have been asked to be part of an advocacy group um, for people with disabilities and the elderly um, in Westchester. And then the meeting was the next day. And in getting ready for the meeting, I wanted to put on a real shirt. And that was the first time that I'd worn a real shirt in three years. And I um, looked in the mirror for the first time in three years. And I didn't look the way that I felt. I, you know, by this point, I was happy. I am happy. I'm confident. And, and like, I feel human again. I feel like my whole self is back. But I want that to be also portrayed on the outside. And more importantly, I want that self, that sense of self-respect with myself, not necessarily doing it for other people, actually, but what I love about skincare is that it's translucent, it's transparent. You're not covering anything up with cover-up. You're not concealing anything with concealer. You're not adding color. It's about showing that kind of most beautiful part of you that you want to reveal to everybody else um, in the kind of most natural way. And so Clark's Botanicals allowed for me to reconnect with the strongest version of what my voice is. And then part of the proceeds go give back to the Reed Foundation because that was the whole kind of genesis of that chain reaction and, and how I started to even think about looking in the mirror again. And then I wrote a book about like that whole process as well. So um, that, that also became very therapeutic. I've never been afraid to ask the stupid questions. If I wanted an answer to a question, um, there was no reason to not reach out to executives at Estee Lauder. And there was not an excuse to reach out to the CEO of the Christopher Reeve Foundation. And then little would I know that we would be meeting in person soon thereafter. There was no excuse to not start writing if I wanted to write. Um, it was really about knocking things down to manageable uh, bite-sized pieces. And then instead of thinking about this like overwhelming idea of, oh, it's too difficult, I'm never gonna get that done. But that's not the way you have to think about it. You just have to think about like, What's that one product, as an example in skincare, what's that one product that I need that made Clark's Botanicals, you know, 
come to be. And that was a smoothing marine cream as an example. But like breaking down the ingredients um, and understanding how they're synergistic with each other and how they help your skin. And then um, having other people try it and then they love it. You're giving it away for free, but then they want to buy it. That one little kind of motivating um, force that anybody can take. You have to make um, a move in your own life because nobody else will. And nobody else is going to tell you um, what you should be doing. Even if my own family was telling me what I should be doing, it, it's, it's within me also. Like I have to take responsibility and action for what I want. But it does require that initial risk. There is that other aspect of it that maybe I wouldn't succeed. But who cares? Like you still have to try it. You still have to do it. You still have to push. You start school. Um, you graduated and now you're getting your MBA. But a lot of people don't graduate. Um, but you still have to start that experience and start school and enroll and then study. And then, you know, the little things build upon each other and having that sense of curiosity, I think, is the exciting part of anything that um, we do in life. You only need one yes sometimes. And you would be surprised at the success stories of other people because it's not this magical journey that people go on. You know, a lot of people hear rejection all the time. It's not just a certain number of people um, have to deal with that. It's in general, you know, the, the process of having a podcast and these conversations that you're having with dynamic personalities, a lot of them are probably incredibly busy. Um, and there's that reality of like, you do hear a lot of no's, um, even if you are a big name. It's where resilience comes into play. And the resilience aspect of um, who you are as a person, I think, is what builds the happiest life that, that you can have. The aspect of grit and resilience together are really what happiness is built upon. Sometimes I ask Perry, would you rather be somebody else and never have this disability? Because she'd be a totally different person. And I think every time I've spoken to her, she says, well, I wish I was better physically with XYZ, but I would pick to be myself again. Would you want to be the same person, the same route that you've taken? This is true for, I think, everybody. But you are only served with what you can deal with. Um, and I think that life is so full of these incredibly rich experiences that you can only experience that once. The question kind of makes you think, could I imagine going through my entire life again, like doing the whole thing over? No. And the reason why is the amazing parts of life are so amazing that if you were to do it twice, it takes away from the whole experience. And part of 
understanding what makes life so great is also experiencing the yang to the yin, you know, the other aspect of it. And if you have a life that's so rich in experiences, I don't think it's possible to think of being anybody else or to changing an aspect of yourself because it starts to make you think of, well, what part of me is not good enough? Um, of course, like I think of dexterity, you know, I think of little things like that. It certainly with my life would be much easier if I could use my fingers um, again um, in a normal way. And, you know, things like medical insurance become uh, a lot easier to deal with. But at the same time, no, I, I really, I really wouldn't because um, I am a whole happy person right now. A want to connect with other people in a genuine way. I could never be a computer programmer. You know, I couldn't be that person that um, is in a room alone and just works um, without the human connection. Um, I have worked through, you know, the quarantine experience that I am an extrovert and um, I get a lot of energy from being around other people and the interaction of, of speaking with people. And also I learn a lot from that. So that's, I think, kind of what I lean into.